welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. Today, I'm speaking with Jessica LeClaire, clinical professor at the University of Wisconsin School of Nursing, where she introduces students to concepts of environmental justice, including impacts of climate change. Jessica's enthusiasm and optimism are infectious, and I really enjoyed talking with her. Jessica, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Beth. I'm really happy to join you today. Thanks a lot. So I met you about, oh gosh, I guess I only met you in person this spring, but I had met you virtually on the Climate uh, Council calls over the past year. And I'm just really excited to understand your uh, work and focus uh, in this area. But why don't you start telling us a little bit about yourself and your nursing background? Okay, thanks, Beth. Um, So I live in Madison, Wisconsin um, with my husband and two very rambunctious boys, ages 12 and nine. They keep me busy all day long. So in my uh, spare time, as I like to say, I work as a clinical faculty member with the University of Wisconsin School of Nursing, of which I'm um, also an alumnus of the school, actually. I graduated in 2005 as a returning adult student uh, for my second bachelor's degree. Um, and you know, I went back to school knowing that I wanted to be a public health nurse because you know, I wanted to work on population health and the framework of working across the full spectrum of public health nursing care, you know, with individuals um, all the way to systems and policy change really appealed to me and it still does actually. Um, and it was as a student actually that I uh, met my first lifelong mentor, Susan Zahner, who is also a public health nurse and um, she's also now associate dean of faculty at the School of Nursing. And she's just um, consistently motivated me to follow my passion. Um, So it was actually during my public health clinical rotation at the School of Nursing that I had the opportunity to learn from the Ho-Chunk Nation. And it's there that I met two more of my lifelong mentors who were my preceptors at the time. And I just love my experience there so much that I designed a year-long internship with the Ho-Chunk Nation. And then I was um, hired to work for the Ho-Chunk Nation as a community health nurse after graduation. So that was actually my first job as a nurse. Um, And then once I uh, decided to live in Madison permanently and got married and so on, and um, I moved my career to our local city county health department. And I worked there for about 12 years. And it was through that position that I learned about building community resilience and influencing policy by actually working with people who are most affected by health and racial inequities. And I was um, just able to practice in a really wide range of programs. So um, fast forward, Uh, last year I was recruited to uh, teach social justice and global health concepts um, at the School of Nursing, as well as integrating uh, community and public health. Uh, for the undergraduate and the doctors of nursing uh, practice programs. And I just absolutely love it. Um, you know, I'm just consistently inspired by the students and the leadership of the school. Um, and also, as you probably know, uh, academic roles do support service work. So, um, you know, as a nurse, I'm also involved in a number of different groups, including um, at the national level, as you mentioned, uh, the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, uh, Global Nurses Climate Change Committee, where I'm co-chair, 
And uh, at our state level in Wisconsin, we're actually forming a brand new health professionals for a climate action group. And then at the local levels, I'm involved in a county uh, community climate action team and our city's uh, sustainable medicine committee. And then uh, finally, uh, to right now this year, I just entered the PhD program in nursing as a part-time student. So yeah, I guess I like to keep busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't let the ground get get right. cold under your feet. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. What a what yeah. an interesting um, pathway you, you took and that you recognized really quite early in your nursing career um, about these links to uh, social determinants of health, environmental determinants of health. What was your prior degree, if I may ask? Oh, yeah. So my uh, my first degree uh, I made was with Oberlin College, mm-hmm. and I majored in English because I actually come from a family of writers, oh. and um, environmental studies because that's my personal passion. So, yeah. yeah, I think I've always sort of been subconsciously looking for a way to connect health and the environment in my work. Yes. Well, boy, it sounds like you found it. And also really great to have writing skills, especially as you yeah. enter a PhD program. <laughs> that's right. That's all. That's all very handy. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. So let me back up to that prior interest you had that took you to EVST or environmental studies at Oberlin. What? Tell me about that uh, genesis. Were you interested in the natural world as a child? What? Tell me about that. Yeah. That's that's exactly it, Beth. So um, I was actually raised in my family with a sort of nature-centered spirituality, you know, not very religious, but just really um, viewing the earth as a child and understanding the earth as a living being. And, um, you know, I find it really interesting. uh, It's really interesting to me that astrophysicists are currently reviving that Gaia theory from the 1970s. And, you know, we're proving that the earth actually is a living being now. So I don't know, physics has always been really interesting to me. It tends to prove what we already, uh, what we've always seemed to know as a species on this planet. But, you know, in support of how I was raised as a child, I I did engage in frequent camping and hiking um, with my mom and then with friends as I got older. And I, I do think this really early exposure, you know, my formative years is why I I do tend to gravitate towards all things nature related. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting because I recently saw on the news reports, you know, the importance of they're calling it nature bathing um, for our mental. Have you heard of that nature bathing for our yes. mental health and well being? Yeah. So I think it's meant to imply spending a long time sort of soaking in nature. And I, I just really love that image. And um, I also saw a report somewhere that people who have been exposed to long periods of time in nature as, as children. Um, are more likely to sort of get involved in protecting the environment um, than those who did not. So um, I find that very interesting as it sort of aligns with my personal truth. And, you know, I just became that kid who would pick up trash whenever I was outside, including cigarette butts, much to my <laughs> parents' chagrin. So, um, yeah. So when I was uh, 17, I was at a college fair and, you know, my dad pointed to recruiting materials from Oberlin College, which was really just a picture of the earth on it. And the quote, think you can change the world, so do we. So I was hooked. I said, that's where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so. cool. So that's that's really interesting. And it resonates with my experience, too. Not that I went to Oberlin. Um, <laughs> but let's then link that to later your your role in nursing. So you are you, so even as an undergrad in nursing, a BSN student, you had this um, awareness of community health, as we mentioned. Tell mm-hmm. me how environment became prominent for you in nursing. Right. right. So you know, my first aha moment as a public health nurse was when we were actually working on youth violence prevention in a few neighborhoods in Madison. And I learned uh, through my research on researching evidence-based best practices for violence prevention, 
that building a sense of place among neighborhood residents, you know, building social capital and authentic, authentic connections between neighbors, you know, as well as um, working towards a healthy ecological system is actually best practice for preventing just a whole host of public health problems and for building community resilience in the face of, you know, social, economic, and ecological crises. So, you know, in fact, uh, building a sense of place, that phrase is also a key concept that was taught in my environmental studies courses. Um, because people who are usually not willing to take care of or work for environmental health, if, if they don't feel connected to the place where they live. So that connection between environment and health was very clear to me. And it was really fun to sort of, you know, kind of connect it back to what I had also learned as an early environmentalist with my first degree. Um, and then I would say that, you know, my, my another light bulb moment was when I actually uh, saw low-income communities struggling to recover from flooding events that are increasing in frequency and severity in Madison. And the primary issue that I encountered was that kids were going to school with more respiratory problems due to living in uh, these mold-infested housing, you know, housing in areas where affordable housing is scarce and homelessness is a very real threat. So, you know, this was leading to issues with performance in schools and the principal was getting concerned. And I, I saw that, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the social determinants of health were all just playing out in this really scary way. You know, how climate change is exacerbating health and racial inequities among those who are already experiencing oppression. So I, I realized that we've been experiencing climate change in Madison and Dane County for quite some time. And, you know, no one was really acknowledging that or discussing it. It was always, you know, there were the beginnings of climate action planning, but the focus was on preparing for some sort of distant event, um, not really recognizing that, you know, it's been happening for, for a very long time. And, you know, I saw a clear connection between the health effects of climate change and, and my work as a public health nurse. Um, and, this, and this was back in, you know, 2011 or so. But the problem was that I, I didn't know any tools or resources to address the issue. So um, I, ended up at, I ended up going uh, back to school and getting my master's in public health, uh, focusing on the intersections of climate change, health and equity. And um, that's around the same time that I sort of discovered a little bit later, I guess, the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments through, through some like desperate internet searches. And, you know, there's nothing quite like uh, finding and commiserating with those who not only understand, but are, are kind of paving the way for the rest of us. So, so thanks to you, Beth, and, you know, the rest of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments are really helped me sort of find my footing in, in these issues. <laughs> Well, that's great, yeah. uh, though. It sounds like your footing was pretty solid with yeah. your, you know, your deep experience with the natural world, which um, I, I, um, I, you know, I don't, this is not empirical, but I suspect there is something to those early encounters that, that uh, allow someone to really, I don't know, dive in more holistically. And um, so right. that's a piece your early experience in nursing, your commitment already to in your your MPH, you know, you're going mm -hmm. in that direction. And I want to dive back into something you just mentioned about health and equities, because I know that that's a focus area of yours. Mm -hmm. And you you teach that currently in your clinical instructor role. You right. talk eloquently about it. I've heard you speak. You, um, to my knowledge, may be wanting to address some area of that in your in your future studies. 
let's just talk a bit more about that. Um, maybe like something I'm curious about is what have what has been some of the response from your students? Do do the students understand that quickly? Does that take a lot to understand uh, or explain? It's multifactorial and multi-layered, and I sometimes those concepts mm-hmm. are difficult to share. Mm-hmm. No, you know I feel really lucky because at our school of nursing. Um, you know, I teach a course called Social Justice in Local and Global Health uh, Settings. And this is a, a mandatory required course for all senior uh, students, whether they're in the traditional program or our accelerated uh, BSM program. And, um, and so I'm able to really uh, set the stage well. You know, as students, uh, like anyone, uh, they come in with a wide range of, of personal experiences and understandings about social justice. Um, many come with, with lived experiences and, and a lot of historical knowledge. And then some, you know, this is maybe their first exploration into it. And so, you know, I, I'm able to start with some basic concepts around intersectionality and, and social justice and global health. And, and then I, I can, once we kind of have this shared language around these concepts, I can then, you know, explore some exemplars. And I typically do bring in, you know, environmental justice related exemplars around like air pollution and who's most affected. and um, you know, we're all affected at the end of the day, but there's, you know, populations on the front lines of a lot of these issues um, based on their already uh, experiences of, of historical and current oppression. And, you know, I can say things like that because we've, we've ha- been able to take the time in semester long course to really kind of dive into, again, the shared understanding of language and how around these different concepts. So, um, you know, when we're uh, exploring the concept of the social ecological model, for example, you know, I'm, that's where I kind of bring in climate change and we explore the role of nursing, you know, with, uh, with each splice of that social ecological model, the individual, you know, family, community policy systems level and so on, um, really keeping in mind and bringing in, you know, our populations that we're working with, you know, who's on the front lines of these issues, who has the most lived experience, how can we bring in the concept of partnership, you know, which is another important concept that nurses work with and so on. So, you know, because we are, again, thanks to the leadership of the school, we're, you know, I'm able to really take the time to kind of deep dive into these issues and the students are right there. They're right, a lot, they're right there with me. Um, they're, by this time, they're used to kind of deep reflections and, you know, uh, reflections on their, their past experiences and their current experiences and as uh, practicing nursing students and so on. So. It's just been a real joy to be able to do that. And I get comments around um, environmental health, like, you know, we were wondering when our, when, uh, our school would, would bring up climate change. So, you know, this is, again, um, most of the students are, you know, of a much younger generation and they don't know anything different. They grew up with climate change, right? They don't, they don't really understand what it's like for this to be a novel issue to be talking about today. I mean, it's, it's really kind of fascinating to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is. And and yet it, it, it's it still requires some framing because right. um it's kind of like you're you're living inside this this thing and it's don't have perspective on it over time. It's really right. interesting. Would you would you say I'm just curious because I'm a part-time faculty at a university, Washington State University, mm-hmm. and we're always um thinking about how where at what points can we inject environmental health and and climate change and sustainability, healthcare sustainability? And have often put it in our community health course and in, um, um, like, for instance, we do a lecture on e-waste in our informatics course. We, so we put little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, is your experience at um, Wisconsin that it's 
addressed throughout or primarily in the course you teach? What would you say about that? Well, my my sense is that it's you know probably addressed uh, more often in the in the courses that I teach. Um, but I actually, you know, we have a little bit different setup because we're a concept-based curriculum. So we don't have, for example, one public health course. It's, you know, we have public health and community woven throughout all of our courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, like the concept of global health, that's not just one class. It's woven throughout multiple classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sense is that I might be, you know, one of the few, if not the one that might be bringing more environmental health-related exemplars to the concepts that I'm teaching and, you know, but the good news is that I'm, you know, thankfully, you know, I, I, I get access to all the students. <laughs> so they're all, they're all getting this, but what I would like to see, you know, there's this national movement towards a concept-based curriculum. And I think it, you know, it might behoove um, schools to consider environmental health as a concept that then can be woven in through multiple courses. And it doesn't, you know, um, it's, you know, Annie has a lot of resources um, with, through the education work group on really how to, um, build some exemplars around environmental health for anyone that is maybe new to the topic and maybe unsure of how to weave it in. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's right. With the the environmental health textbook, for instance, yes. which, as you know, got the AJN Book of the Year Award yes. in Environmental Health Nursing. Yeah. Yes, it's fabulous. And I use it with my students and they love it. So. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, I want to ask you a question. I, I don't know the answer to this and um, you you don't have to know it either, but I want to talk a little bit about this um, intersection between social justice and environmental health in in lieu of two things. One is the the Pope statement, and I work for a Catholic healthcare uh, organization, which is why I'm familiar with this. But he said um, that we don't have an environmental crisis and a social crisis. We have a socio-environmental crisis. They're, the roots are similar. We must address them both or we won't solve them. And, and the other one is really the Green New Deal, which kind of, uh, you know, it's a referendum. It's not a law. It's not a proposal exactly. But it's the acknowledgement of, of a similar um, uh, set of two issues coming together that really need to be addressed together. What are your thoughts on that general concept? Well, I mean, it makes complete sense to me as a nurse. You know, I think, again, when you're thinking about, you know, the downstream health consequences of the social, economic, or, or ecological crises that we face, they they all play out in a really similar ways when you think about health. Um, and so I think that, you know, if we explicitly connect them, you know, not only do we create more opportunities for health, but we also create more opportunities to, uh, you know, intersect our work with other groups and other organizations and people that are are working on, you know, social justice topics, for example. And, and if we're connecting our environmental health issue with that, you know, it really kind of, I think, expands our bandwidth for being able to really make an impact and make a difference. So, you know, I really, I do um, tend to love and take the health and all policies approach because you look at anything from, you know, em- employment opportunities to the uh, Green New Deal. And, you know, you, you look for all of these um, opportunities for in- improving health. And I, I think that if we don't uh, join forces with, with organizations that are working, you know, maybe not explicitly for environmental health, but are working for social justice, um, for example, Black Lives Matter, you know, I think that uh, the, the founders of that movement certainly did have an environmental justice focus too. And, and so I think there's lots of opportunities um, for nurses to get involved across the whole range of, of policy systems, environmental changes. 
yeah, I certainly don't feel like an expert um, in it, but I do think there's lots of opportunities for nurses to get involved and to really advocate for some of these, um, you know, referendums, as you said. Um, another uh, interesting thing that I'm following is is the national platform. I forget exactly what it's called, the Equitable and Just Platform. Um, and it was put out by uh, an, like about, I think, 70 environmental justice organizations. And so that's something I want to learn more about, I think, as a nurse and, you know, look for opportunities for nurses to get involved with that as well. Yeah, cool. That sounds like a valuable, valuable mm-hmm. addition. <clears throat> yeah. So w- tell me a little bit more about your motivation. We've talked some about, you know, your background as a child and and how uh, deeply uh, concerned about the environment or love of the environment is in your self or your psyche. We also know, I know from experience that it is sometimes really a lot of walking uphill, swimming upstream, you know, going against the flow and the tide. So how do you stay motivated given all that? Yeah, well, I mean, really, you know, the bottom line is that we can't have healthy people on a sick planet, right? So, you know, it it completely makes sense whether or not you believe in the Gaia hypothesis. So, uh, you know, the responsibility of maintaining and expanding on that, which has given me a sense of well-being uh, for future generations is, is critical. Um, you know, I also feel responsible for passing these values on to my own children, um, who not only have the right to a healthy planet, but also the right to feel a sense of belonging with it and a sense of place and to feel like they know what they can do to nurture and sustain that. And, you know, I, t- I try not to get emotional when I think about it, but it comes from, as you said, it comes from a very deep place. So, um, you know, I've also reflected on this a lot, and I think that maintaining close connections with my mentors and those who are holding a light on the path is critical for my endurance and keeps me at work. Um, and I also have an optimism that is based on real life, you know, authentic relationships and collective experiences where I know that change is possible because everyone wants to feel that sense of belonging and connection. So. I think that you know my faith in humanity is pretty strong, and I'm consistently amazed and inspired um, by the visionary, transformative work that's happening across our globe. Um, we know what it takes to build a sustainable and thriving world, and there are people that are doing this every day. And I don't <laughs> don't get me wrong; I do feel anxious and depressed at times with the problems that are facing us, and. Um, you know, that's when I realized that, you know, again, maybe I need this long soak in nature that will help rejuvenate my motivation or, you know, at least sometimes just sitting in my tiny little front yard and watching the bumblebees and the monarchs that are hard at work. And I've been doing that a lot this summer and, um, you know, knowing that I can provide just a little haven for these creatures and enjoy it with them. Sometimes that's enough to keep me going some days. That's a that's a great uh, reminder, and yeah. it's so true. Backyards yeah. are are phenomenally right. reassuring. <laughs> you know, it's it's really an interesting and necessary topic. This this one of mental health. I mean, I would say even in the past, I don't know, not that long, ten years, uh, mental health as an um, an effect of climate change or an outcome of climate change was very much on the edges of things, and now I see it everywhere. And yeah. see, you know, from solastalgia to eco-anxiety, et cetera. Yeah. And I, it, it has caused me to change the way I, I talk about it a little bit. Because I think in the past, I sometimes wanted to, people to just see. Do you see what we're up against? Right. <laughs> you know? And right. that is pretty overwhelming. I'm not saying I don't want right. people to see that. I do. But this is a place where, you know, as nurses, as we're concerned about 
our, our own impacts on the people we're working with, whether they're students right. or patients, that's right. another layer of skill for us to develop. And, and just what you just described with, you know, your own experience, your own, you know, yes, challenges, but also this faith in humanity and this, this mm-hmm. deep optimism. That's the sort of thing I think that we can really um, share with others to help, um, help them not be overwhelmed. I mean, also right. not to, not, as I say, not to deny, but just to say, hey, yeah, this is happening, but working together, we do have a chance. Right. And then I think also remembering, you know, as nurses, what attracted us to the field of nursing in the first place. And often there's an element of social justice in there. And so I think, you know, recognizing that, as you mentioned earlier, you know, addressing climate change, addressing all these environmental injustices is an opportunity also for to maybe to, to motivate us to also um, remember that we want to, you know, address social justice issues and that, you know, there's so many opportunities for improving health. I think it's maybe connecting some of those dots to, to help motivate us and keep us going. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, are you, are you able to, or identify what you're interested in your PhD work yet? And secondly, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, sure. You know, I'm at the very beginning of it. So um, but obviously, you know, I'm really interested in environmental justice issues and um, the role of, of, of nurses. And so um, really, I'm just I'm interested in knowing, um, you know, what are nurses, what strategies are nurses using um, in the fields of environmental justice and kind of exploring that a bit. So it's not it's not fully formed yet because I'm new to the program, but you know I'm I'm interested in all things environmental justice and and uh, and climate change, climate justice, and and all of that. Oh, it sounds super interesting. Yeah. I hope to interview you again in a few years and see <laughs> where you are. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sound smarter then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will have learned a lot, and you yes. you know not only I think that's a, that's an interesting concept right there. Just what just to scan what's currently happening. And also to, you know, you'll, you'll end up doing a research study. So, um, you know, seeing what you learn from your own work as well. That's great. Um, I want to ask you, this is a question I often ask people and it's sometimes hard to answer, but what would you say is your biggest concern right now about environment and health? It could be very broad or Mm -hmm. something specific. Well, you know, again, I think that uh, my biggest concern is that the people who you know, have that most lived experience on environmental health issues, like I've mentioned before, um, people with the most lived experience are often left out of these visionary conversations for improving the health of our environment and our communities. Um, you know, the United Nations rang the alarm bell last year on climate change. And so there's a lot of subsequent urgent, timely planning that's happening. And, you know, if we don't value the expertise of those who are hit first and the hardest by climate change. And we're wasting our time because we are not a sustainable community if anyone is left behind. So this could, this is really tricky because, you know, it gets into issues of white supremacy and patriarchy and it's a long history of ecocide and colonization and trauma. But, you know, we have to go there to dismantle uh, these toxic systems if we are going to make any progress at all. So. You know, that's why I'm, I'm so excited to learn more about, you know, this again, this recent release of the Equitable and Just uh, National Climate Platform and all of the organizations who have signed on to it. And I think that it offers a lot of opportunities for engagement and guidance on how to apply the vision and goals um, within our, our own local communities. So 
you know, I'm excited for this um, leadership and to learn more about that, like I've mentioned before. That's really cool. And you, you mentioned some of your um, outside of uh, the profession work at the national level through Annie, at your state level and at mm-hmm. your local level. Are you seeing examples of inclusion of people who are hit the hardest or, you know, having the mm-hmm. most lived experience with climate change? Are you seeing successes? Yeah. So um, when I um, when I worked on my master's of public health, um, I did my practicum with our state's climate and health program and the Department of Health Services. And, you know, they're one of the of the funders um, they, or they receive funding uh, from the CDC for building resilience against climate effects or the BRACE program. And, um, you know, they were working on their climate and health adaptation plan for the state at the time. And, um, you know, they were sort of struggling with, you know, realizing they had a scientific advisory group, but they really hadn't captured, um, you know, guidance or input or any leadership from communities across the state that are most affected um, by climate change. And so I had the opportunity to help form um, their health equity action team, um, which you, I know you love these acronyms, Beth. So heat forms. And so that uh, had a number of different organizations that do represent uh, people most affected by health and racial inequities and are on the front lines of climate change. And, you know, they're still going strong today. So it just, it takes time though. So my, you know, year long practicum, I did my practicum and I sent it into a, a more independent studies was just building relationships because often, you know, especially at the government level, uh, you know, there isn't a, a long history of, you know, real authentic relationship building and trust between communities that have been experiencing uh, historical oppression in the government. So, you know, it does, it does take time, but it is, it is possible. Um, and so I would, I would call that definitely a success. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, t- t- let's take this opportunity to ask you to describe a little bit of the Climate Council, the Annie um, Three Cs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Global Nurses Climate Change Committee. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is a, a, a committee that um, I just feel so honored to co-chair it with Carol Ziegler. Um, and we, uh, but the committee has been going on uh, for a number of years and Beth, you could probably speak more to the historical knowledge of, of the committee. Um, but we um, are planning this year on focusing again strategically on uh, how nurses are engaging again with these environmental justice organizations and looking for opportunities to support their work. And so we're currently um, doing a national scan of our, of our membership to try to understand you know, what relationships do we already have formed and what opportunities are, are there to further engage? And, and then, then just as a committee to really learn more about climate justice. Because um, again, seeing that intersection of social justice and climate change, social justice and environmental health, it's, we're, we're recognizing that as a committee is, is pretty key to our work. So, but you know, anyone can, can join the committee. So, um, you know, if, if, if folks just go to uh, the Annie website and um, you will find access to the climate change committee and it's just a, mem- a matter of sort of signing up for it as a, uh, on a Google group, I believe. Um, and then uh, we meet uh, once a month. Um, and I think we're looking at maybe also doing some webinars because again, we have, we have so much to learn. <laughs> and so we're doing some webinars on sort of in between the off months, but really this is a committee 
for folks to explore uh, the nurse's role in uh, working with the health effects of climate change. And it's international. So we're always looking also to sort of expand and, and have nurses from different countries uh, join us. I believe right now we have Canada, um, New Zealand, and England. I forget all the countries that are a member of it, but, but we definitely would like uh, more nurses working in the international sector to, that are interested in joining us. Please do join. So you work a lot with with um, nurses, with nursing students, with nurses on this committee, with your faculty that you work with, uh, nurses at the health department. And we know that there are 4 million nurses in the nation and close to 30 in the world. So if you had the floor, which we'll say you do right this mm -hmm. moment, what would you say to nurses about, you know, any of this, but particularly, I guess, the the link of uh, nursing, particularly as a profession, to environmental health, to environment, to climate, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've, I've, I think I've spoken about this a lot. Um, really, I would, I guess I would say to the nursing profession, you know, if we're committing ourselves to a healing profession, um, you know, we can't work with individuals, families, or communities without also working to improve the social, economic, and ecological environments that surround us every day. Um, and if we're committing ourselves to working for environmental health, then that also means working to dismantle oppressive systems like racism, xenophobia, homophobia, just, just to name a few. Um, and you know, if we can't build a sense of place and belonging and connection, then we really can't build health um, with the populations that we're working with. Um, so you know, to that end, I, I think I really would like to see um, some mandatory environmental justice curriculum in, in all our schools of nursing so that we're all starting from the same place with a shared understanding of our work. Great, that's a strong recommendation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and switching gears just a little bit, would you, if nurses are interested in getting involved in any aspect of this, you know, we've mentioned the climate committee, we've mentioned further education. What else would you say to nurses who might want to learn more or yeah. get involved? Right. So we, again, we mentioned the Annie Climate Change webpage is a really great start to access tools and resources to get started. Um, the Nurses Climate Challenge is another great website, um, nursesclimatechallenge.org. It will walk nurses through some easy early steps for engagement in their workplace. You know, I, I also have introduced that specific tool in my classrooms, and I've had students already get involved as student nurses, and they and they bring the, the climate challenge to their to their preceptor sites, and so that's been really exciting to see. Um, you know, really, it's using again our old friend, the social ecological model, and brainstorming all the things you can do at your home, at your workplace, at the individual, family, community, policy systems levels. Um, you know, for example, at home, I have solar panels and a plug-in electric vehicle. I'm engaging in active transportation, eating mostly plant-based diets, and have my lovely pollinator yard. Um, among other things I can't think of right now, um, in my community, I sit on a few different sustainable groups and committees. Um, everyone knows that I'm a nurse on those committees. I bring health to the conversation. Um, writing letters to the editor or op-eds on environmental policy is, is also really fun. Um, at my work, I'm embedding, as we discussed, environmental um, justice concepts into curricula and building relationships across the university around sustainability and climate change. And, you know, all of that work seems like a lot, but it was really built over many years. And, you know, it, it increased and built upon itself as I formed more relationships with people who are interested in health and the, that environment connection. And Beth, your um, work home adaptation mitigation grid or WAM grid 
is another useful tool that you created that I've shared with students too. Um, that gives lots of um, other examples that I haven't even mentioned on ways to really uh, integrate this work into our daily lives. Um, so I would I would say just really pick one low hanging fruit and go from there. I'd, um, I would love to see, uh, again, more nurses engaging with environmental justice organizations and to look for opportunities uh, to support their work. Um, and as I mentioned, our own uh, Global Nurses Climate Change Community is looking to do just that. So I just feel like the opportunities are really endless. <laughs> Uh, that's great (laughs) yeah and that that uh, sense of energy and optimism is very infectious it's just fun to listen to you and talk with you jessica thank you is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today um you know um i think i've mentioned to you before i've listened to your podcast when i felt alone in all of this and it really helped inspire me to connect with other nurses across the nation and globally who are working on similar issues so you know i never imagined i would actually be on here so thank you for that honor i just want to say to whomever is listening um, perhaps feeling this sense of um being lost and alone like i used to feel that you're not alone and please don't hesitate to reach out to us at the alliance of nurses for healthy environments um, you'll find your clan or network or tribe or whatever you want to call it um, and you'll be so glad that you did uh, so that's great <laughs> that's great and thanks thanks for the plug for the podcast i personally yeah. have been so impressed with the depth and skill and knowledge of all these different nurses i've interviewed it's been really heartening for me and this this one this recording with you is ending season two and we will launch season three in uh this fall so so i'm yeah it's great there's just uh, so much going on that's really exciting yeah thank you so much jessica for spending time with me on the podcast it was great learning more about your worldview and commitments and you've helped us close out season two on a high note And thank you all for listening to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. Check us out at environ.org, where you can find this and many other episodes. If you have a chance, please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.